Hey, welcome to Robot Party Week, episode 30. Today we're doing District 9, the uh, third installment in the Neil Blomkamp movie uh, collection we've been doing past uh, month. So without further uh, delay, uh, let's, uh, let's do that. So this is a 2009 movie released by Neil Blomkamp, his first big motion picture uh, produced by Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings fame. Do you have a witty recap available for us, Dana? Some aliens were abandoned uh, in orbit in South Africa. Um, and South Africa put them into kind of shanty towns outside the city. The government decides that they need to push them further out of the city. And local bureaucrat Vickis is doing this. He accidentally gets sprayed with some alien goo and starts turning into an alien himself. So he's quite conflicted with the treatment of the aliens as he's becoming one. How inconvenient for him. Man, and that was gross, too. That was super gross. So, like, the aliens have this, like, they've been in South Africa since, like, 1982, and it's sort of set in present day as relative to when the movie came out. And they have superior technology, but these aliens were, like, like maybe slaves or something or, like, a worker class. So they weren't in control of this ship, this ship you know, something happened to the to the aliens that were running it. But there's all this superior technology that most of them don't really know what to do with. But there's these, like, crazy weapons and these weird, like, mech suits. But what powers them, there's these cells and there's this goo in these cells. And the, uh, the one alien whose name is Christopher Johnson, which I imagine uh, is not his, uh, his given name. <laughs> but... Uh, that's the name I go by, too, when I'm in other countries. <laughs> Hello, I'm Christopher Johnson. Um, he's collecting, like, these power cells from all these devices in order to try to make a, like, I guess, super battery to repower, like, some sort of command module to the spaceship. And the command module happens to be under his, his shack. I mean, I guess that's by design. It's under his shack. But uh, he's trying to, like, reactivate it so he can, I guess, reactivate the spaceship and go back and like get help so he's maybe smarter than the average uh alien in this setting well i don't really think of it as that they were stupid aliens it's just if like imagine we're on a cruise or something Mm -hmm. and the cruise breaks down and the crew is gone for some reason right we probably wouldn't know how to deal with that cruise ship i mean there might be some engineers there who would be able to figure it out or you know we might be able to figure it out too but a lot of people would just be like oh my god right um, so I kind of saw him as like, you know, maybe he was like an engineer that, oh. you know, would know how to figure out a way to get out of this or oh, okay. some, some type of person like that. And like, you know, like motivated. if you have like a artist there, they might not be able to have the training to like deal with a situation like that. Oh, sure. Like if you don't know how to build the effective battery, yeah. it doesn't matter how smart you are. Right. If you don't have the like skill Like you need some set. kind of background okay. that will help you to do that. Hmm. I mean, they never really got into why they were there. No. Which I really liked that because, you know, when they first arrived, it was this huge story and people were, you know, in shock and it was like totally interesting. And then as time went on and nothing happened, it just became like an everyday occurrence and people were like, whatever, we don't care about yeah, there's that. that. There's a big spaceship They're hovering, like, whatever. no big deal. Yeah. And I just love, I love when stories show that side of like alien discovery or any situation that's like totally scary or new it just becomes like commonplace and just boring well right because you don't keep 
reacting. Yeah. Like you're not, you're, you have an initial reaction and it would like change things, but it's not like you're waking up every day and like freaking out. Yeah. Like you're, you're like, well, you're like that, nothing has changed that really ship has been there, but uh, like I still got to go to work. It's not going to bomb us. Like it hasn't yet. Nothing's I mean, happened still yet. Could, still could. <laughs> it's basically as if some, you know, really terrible thing happened like a month ago. And like at first everybody's like, oh my God. And now it's just sort of like, well, that spaceship's still up there. And it, you know, every day I look and there it is. But it's sort of like, well, I still got to go to work tomorrow. I know, right? (laughs) Got to go to work. So that scene in that initial portion where like the ship arrives totally reminded me of Alien Nation, which uh, you said you had never seen. And then I realized that it's probably not that great, but we might, that that might be like a, a fun as is a uh, late 80s uh, like sci-fi cop movie kind of and then it was also a television series and i looked that up thinking it had gone a lot longer but it was only it only looked like 22 episodes like 1989 and 90 so there's that plus so the last time i saw any of this i was probably you know not even an adolescent so perhaps uh, it didn't age that well but anyway the uh, the large ship appearing uh, in that movie it was LA well, my sister was very scared of aliens in the 80s when we were kids. Who isn't? So we kind of had a blanket no alien movie policy for a while. And I think that was on the list. Oh, was I it bet scary? Alien Nation. Um, there were portions that Yeah, were so scary. I, think, I think it was just we thought, or there like, was oh my also God, like that's going to be a really scary. There was also like a class struggle thing. I think there was like some immigration analogs I think and like she culture had seen... analogs in that. But like in that movie, the everybody was on the ship and it was there was like most of the people were actually slaves and but there was like the overseers or something like that so basically like their masters were on the ship too but when they all kind of like integrated into los angeles there was it almost have like like a microsm feel like a chinatown like there was sort of organized crime and like even though they were all sort of on a different planet and like those old lives were over those class boundaries still affected them like in their new assimilated culture like if you were a overseer on the ship you were still like superior to someone who had been like a slave on the ship or something but that's probably for a different podcast our our next podcast series which is uh an alien nation (laughs) podcast limited run (laughs) <laughs> yet to be determined i may not like it <laughs> there's many uh, 80s movies i've watched and i'm like what yeah. this is well, what? i'll do that by myself it'll be a whole separate podcast yeah. it'll be alien nation cast all the movies that i watched i didn't like like uh red dawn oof i didn't like that no well that didn't age. <laughs> that was definitely a product of its time it didn't age too good there's like a whole mess of uh and war games Listen, we can't talk about that because that <laughs> aged beautifully. That movie is as good as it ever was, which is awesome. So don't, and we just, conversation over. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, uh, so Christopher is trying to power up this power module and in uh, set against this sort of relocation of District 9 that is happening, that is being sort of perpetrated by the South African government and... Uh, Charlotte Copley's character, Vickus. 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 So he's, he's like sort of put in charge of like part of this, you know, he's like a real bootlicking bureaucrat. Like he wants to move up in the world. I guess he's got a father-in-law who's a, a big whoop at this 
like in the government or something and uh he kind of puts him in charge because he knows he's going to be a a bit of a pariah like it's not a real like he knows it's a a lousy task and like the person is going to be maligned because there are people that are like sympathetic to the aliens and i think he would put his son-in-law in in that position he didn't like him but i feel like that would make his daughter look bad oh well unless he's like oh maybe she'll divorce him yeah maybe i don't know or if you're just a dick (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't know well he's a you know he's a evil suit you know that's he's true the, he's the evil you know bad guy in a suit so anyhow that so this story is kind of analogous to to something that happened in, in apartheid south africa there was an area called district six which was just outside of cape town in 1966 the apartheid government declared it whites only and uh, began a forced relocation from 1968 through 1982, 60,000 people were removed from their from their land and their homes and uh, sent to a place like 25 kilometers away to live. Even after apartheid ended, the resettlement of some of those dislocated people like is still like some of that stuff didn't happen until like the last 10 years and they were sort of building homes. But like a lot of these people are pretty old at this point, like people that were adults in, you know, the 60s and 70s. They're now elderly people or have, you know, moved on or don't want to go back or whatever. But um, or they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. But that's so that's uh, that's a, a similar lines to this there. This, you know, sort of District 9 cropped up around the spaceship and uh, the the government wants to move it because it's right by the city. And they could probably use it for something else. Yeah, and the aliens, um, you know, aren't really assimilating into the culture. Yeah, they're kind of you yeah. Know, they have a mostly cat food. And... They have a mostly closed culture. Yeah, but that kind of seems like not entirely by accident. Like right. there's a lot of fences. Yeah, like they, they're treated very poorly by the humans. It's like very violent. Um. Yeah, I mean, you're they're like as as this re- relocation's happening, like the the like overarmed forces are are killing these people or killing these aliens you know just sort of willy-nilly like they're having a great time like they they call them prawns and and a lot of us again totally analogous to things that happened in apartheid south africa where like people were being you know brutalized by the police and like killed and it's really uh so heavy stuff (laughs) and this movie is is shot in a gritty way uh there's a lot of uh, you know, handheld. They shot it on a whole mess of uh, red 4K cameras or whatever, and or the red. I guess it was pre 4K, but it was like the red cameras that are small handheld, high quality movie cameras. And uh, they did some stuff with little like Sony HD cameras at first. Oh uh, yeah, because it was like documentary style too. Yeah, it right? was. It was. It wasn't strictly documentary, but it was very. Uh, it was there. It wasn't. It wasn't as like found footage as say like Europa report or something, but there was a lot of that like interview kind of stuff. It was a neat, neat style. And it was done in a, in a non, like a non obtrusive way. Cause like sometimes in a movie like that gets a little, that gets a little much, but like they managed to balance, um, balance those things out pretty well. I thought. So this was actually shot in Soweto and there was a lot of violence during the time like that they were, that they were shooting this like between, like South Africans and uh, like Africans from other countries. There's a lot of tension in South Africa, like between like in America, when we think about immigrants, we kind of, for the most part, because it's like the country's so big only shares like two land borders. We think of immigrants as, as being like somebody from like far away, 
or like, you know, like across an ocean. Yeah. So like there's, you know, there's people from there's like, I think six or more countries that border South Africa. So like immigrants might not be from all that far away. It'd be like us getting, you know, pissed about someone from Maine or something like, <laughs> like coming York, to Pennsylvania like border. And <laughs> taking our, yeah, I guess that's a better example, but I was just <laughs> putting some more distance, I guess. But yeah, so there's, I guess a lot of, uh, of violence going on and, uh, they were actually shooting, uh, in a pretty impoverished area in which people were actually being, uh, forcibly relocated to, uh, South African government housing. Oh my God. <laughs> Cause I guess like the, you know, the conditions were so poor, they were trying to move people into like, you know, subsidized housing or something, but it's like a forced relocation is a, is a forced relocation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that's, uh, this really interesting, like not only like the background and inspiration of the story, but like some of the stuff that was actually going on, uh, in the country they were shooting in, in the locations they were shooting in. So I think it all kind of lent over to, uh, the, the tone and then the appearance of the movie too, they were, they shot during South African winter. So they were shooting in like June and July because like nothing's in bloom. And Neil Blomkamp oh. said that it looked like a, looked like a, Chernobyl <laughs> like, it did. compared it to you yeah know, and uh I guess some pickups they did later they had to uh like edit out some greenery because like grass had started to like crop up and trees were blooming it was too it was too pretty <laughs> can you imagine like living in Africa and if you like are in North Africa it's winter and if you fly down to South Africa it's summer it, like flips oh yeah because like oh that's true the equator goes through yeah. Africa yeah it does how about that? I mean, Africa's huge, though. I, don't, I guess you probably don't do that a lot. People probably don't go from, you know, Morocco to South Africa a lot. I don't know. Like, back My friend Topher was just there. There's a lot of pictures. In Morocco or South Africa? South Africa. Oh. Looked pretty. He was at, like, some cool beaches. I think they stuff. have some, like, beach resorts and mm-hmm. whatnot. Looked interesting. And I think there's some interesting there's some um, terrain. Yeah, there's, like, the tabletop mountain yeah. and the lion's head yeah. mountain. It looks cool. It looks cool. So this is actually, this movie was based on a short film called Alive in Joburg that Neil Blomkamp made in 2005. And if you uh, go to the, like the YouTubes or something and, and uh, search up Alive in Joburg, J-O-B-U-R-G, you can, you can watch it. It's like five, six minutes Do long. Do they have aliens in it? Yeah. Do yeah, and you actually see good? some proto chappies too. Nice. There's like some police. Yeah. <laughs> there's like the police. There's like a police robot and a very chappyish. I hope they make a chappy sequel. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of sequels, uh, there's been talk of a District Nine sequel pretty much since day one. Well, it really op- ended open ended. Like it did. You know, it gave. You know, Christopher. You know, manages to get up to the ship and uh, says he'll come back. Yeah, and Vickis has turned into an alien, and he yeah. So he got uh, the goo. Yeah, we kind of like flew off on a tangent there. So he got the goo on him and uh, started to change. At first, he kind of hit it, and it seemed like he was sick, and he's like vomiting. And then he's got like it he was wakes so up. gross. It was super gross. <laughs> like I am not squeamish in the least. Ideal. It's like toes are falling off. Oh, like occupationally nails. with like Ugh. some pretty nasty, gross, like necrotic tissue, like people's effluences. But man. This is kind of gross. Like this, is, like I've had actual innards on me that weren't uh, that weren't as gross as just watching some of his like transformation. When he's get like he gets the sort of the fly transition. His like hand is like a prawn hand, and I guess the company, this weapons company, 
I guess is like part of the company he works for, they figure out that he's part prawn. One of the big things with this prawn technology is it's really powerful. The weapons are more powerful than anything people have, like these mech suits or, or off the chain, but humans can't work them. Like they don't work. Like there's a biological key and that's that like only those aliens can use them. So they start to try to use him as a test subject and it turns out he can operate these weapons so he can shoot the guns and, and make everything work. And, and so they're, they're experimenting on him. He breaks out and he does totally transition into one of the aliens, which is like super interesting. When I rewatched District 9 a few months ago, I was like, I'm going to eat this nice dinner I made and watch District 9. And I'm like, this is fun. And then I was like, uh, I can't, I can't eat while I'm watching this. Uh, yeah, that is a, uh... That is probably not a good decision. No heavy eating. You no, know, like not have happy. Maybe not want to have eaten in a while. Like just yeah. Don't if it's dinner in a movie. Maybe do a movie then dinner. Yeah. You'll eat less. Ugh. <laughs> Who wants some birthday cake? <laughs> that was pretty like sad too like because when they stuff. were testing the weapons. On oh him, yeah, they were making him kill it. They, they had like these poor prawns like tied up, and he had to shoot the prawns. Yeah, and, and he didn't. He's like he didn't want to. And his hand just did it. It was so yeah. sad. The Charlotte Copley did a great job. Oh, he was amazing. In like this. that was just like his character was so was, it was just he kind of goes from like hapless bureaucrat to like he's he doesn't want he didn't want any of this. Like he just wanted he to didn't like want to lead this. And he, he was trying. He's like, OK, well, they asked me. I'm going to try to do a good job. And yeah, like he's just he's trying to make it. You know, he's just trying to make it. And along he's just going around he's asking just, people, please sign this, saying that you will be uh, yeah, so deported. The, so he's like trying to make yeah, people sign things. Yeah, the government's like, no. kind of, they're trying to like document it as legitimate, which is which is another borrowed, you know, another borrowed thing from apartheid and other like colonial governments. It's like, well, you're if you're forced effectively at gunpoint to to agree to something like it's not really you're agreeing but like hey it's legal it's legal you know they signed that uh they understand that they're being relocated to this place and they agree to it so it's all you know it's all very tidy from like a clerical standpoint oh the uh so sequel talk there's been a lot of sequel talk and uh not a lot of sequels so ah <laughs> uh, yeah i don't and i kind of yeah, I i'm think not holding the my last breath. thing that i could find that uh, Blomkamp said about it uh, was from the fall of last year, 2016. He was sort of it sounded a little dismissive. He's like, I have ideas, you know, for a District Nine sequel, and it would be interesting. But then he also says like he's kind of feels like Chappie was like the conclusion to that like universe story. Like so, he kind of feels like he wrapped up that whole you know that storyline. Wouldn't hold my breath. Huh. That's an interesting. Cause- I guess well because he was you know he was treating District Nine Elysium and Chappie as not like direct sequels or anything but movies that existed in like the same like spiritual universe and, like maybe not literally the same world like, oh totally, yeah so like like they're totally related movies kind of like uh, the Cornet uh, trilogy with like Shaun of the Dead and Hot right. Fuzz like they're not they're not like the same universe or anything but like they're sort of spiritually connected seems like they could be like different like different earths or in the same you know like splits of different unit like different timelines or something oh like a multi yeah multiverse of movies right (laughs) welcome to the multiverse of movies 
That sounds exciting. Yeah, so nothing really there. And, uh, you know, Blumkamp was on tap to do Alien 5, which is on hold uh, because of Alien Covenant. The studios wanted to get Alien Covenant out. And then another movie before they do Alien 5, which has interest from Sigourney Weaver and Michael Bean or Bine. Nice. Um, I haven't seen him in a while. What's he yeah, doing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but they, you know, they were interested in reprising their roles, and there was a lot of like cool art that Blomkamp was sharing, and then that sort of that got backburnered a little bit. I would like to see Blomkamp another like original idea yeah, from him. I, you know, you I, know, as much as we, as much as Elysium kind of disappointed me like i do like his ideas so i'd like to see another yeah absolutely and i think like district nine is a pretty like one of this century's best sci-fi you know yeah it's like definitely it was very successful at the box office it's like generally high rated it was so different than anything that had come out such a fresh idea yeah so you know you're not gonna like you're not gonna knock it out of the park every time no elysium while flawed, you know, I think we sort of settled that that is it's like a fun movie mm-hmm. and it actually did pretty well. Like, so it's maybe it has some more commercial appeal. Chappie, we've discussed at length. <laughs> <laughs> we won't subject anyone to more Chappie talk. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but it was different. And it was an, it was like it was a one off story. I think you just you need more of that. Like, we've got so many sequels and kind of like ongoing sagas where just to have like a standalone sci-fi movie that you know has a beginning middle end yeah and maybe the end leaves some open that's okay that's okay like well, you don't have to make fun a sequel thing you can do in your brain uh-huh. like you can imagine <laughs> what happens afterwards so you can yeah. kind of make the story up like oh well the spaceship got away and then the vicus and his wife live together as prawn and woman yeah so he was leaving her little trinkets yeah out uh, of he trash made a little flower out of some cans yeah and she was sort of endeared by that i would I but that like... is cool why, why do you what do you need the control group ending life's not like that no. like unless you kill everybody at the end of the movie then that really <laughs> life really is like that <laughs> hey uh, i can think of one movie that did that <laughs> rogue one <laughs> yes spoiler oh come on nobody let me you know what i will i'll mail you a, a mystery box full of fun stuff if you are uh, someone who's into sci-fi oh, and hasn't to the seen point Rogue that you're listening you're to right. like uh, 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 a you know, obscure podcast <laughs> uh, and it, you haven't seen Rogue One in like three months or something and you haven't been spoiled yet email us <laughs> yeah we want to meet you if that's true we, yeah yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll take you to Taco Bell uh, yeah I'll buy you uh, a a uh, local uh, brew of some kind, <laughs> coffee or beer. <laughs> nice. No, that won't happen. What if they I will, don't? I will take you to see Rogue One if it's still in the theaters, or you can come sit in my den and we can watch Rogue One together after it comes out in April, which is... I can't wait. When does it come out in April? Ugh. Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that the second I said it. Oh, it's, sorry. <laughs> I was just wondering if it I think like, it's coincided like, with your birthday or something. Oh, it's before. It's like mid-month. Seth's birthday is April 28th. God bless it. Why are you telling everybody that? <laughs> yeah. Well, April's going to be a cool month. So there's that. that's happening. Uh, Mystery Science Theater Season 11, is uh, that's coming back. So that's going to be on Netflix in April. Um, Word. And um. Just before the Netflix release, I'll be receiving my digital copies. I was one of the nerds that backed that Kickstarter. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> it's 
in addition to my cool t-shirt. He says this as Crow and Tom Servo look on <laughs> us from the corner of the room. It's a well-known fact. Alien Covenant, that's... Oh, that's not April. That's May, I think. Sounds it like March? April's going to be lame. Oof. Just kidding. Well, I think that one could go... That could go one of two ways. So there was a like four-minute sort of teaser put out the other day. While I don't think it really gives any of the story away... It does give away that there are about 40 main characters in the movie. <laughs> there is, it was just like every shot, you're like, wait, they're all in a room, but like it doesn't look like that many people. And there are all these like reverse shot, reverse shot, and or shot, reverse shot kind of cuts. And you're like, oh, that's no, that's not the same people from a minute ago. Oh my God, how many people are in the, too many cooks, <laughs> too many cooks. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully they don't really focus on like all like most of those people. You um, need a movie with like three, four main characters tops. You know, so you can do a big cast and pull it off. You can do a big it's cast hard. and pull it off, but like you got to start icing some of those people in the first act. I'm sure like half of them will die. Actually, I would be content if almost everybody died and it was just the artificial person left. Hmm. It's kind of that was like the end of Prometheus, right? It was the lady who can't run sideways and uh the artificial person they were the only two occupants no of the, the lady who couldn't run sideways got smushed by the ship oh because she couldn't run sideways away oh, that wasn't the, the main that wasn't no, that the main was um print pr- or protagonist no the protagonist was the one who oh got the c-section from oh, the machine stupid. um <laughs> yeah yeah that's right she was fine yeah it was her and the and the and the robot and the robot they like left. Well, that's fine. So the robots in this one, because I guess this is now like even more in the future. Cool. So he's going to be the protagonist, which I dig. Give me some more robot protagonists. Someone I can relate to. <laughs> 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 um, what do you? Th- oh, you know what? Oh, that was another uh, fun thing I found while I was doing a little bit of a little bit of the old research on this one. This movie became banned in Nigeria. Because of the negative portrayal of Nigerians, because if you recall, there was a Nigerian gang and like the gang leader Obasanjo. Yes, I do remember that. And turns out, very similar to the name of a uh, former Nigerian president. Oh. So they had like demand demanded a like written apology from Neil Blomkamp, which I don't think they got, and uh, the movie was banned in Nigeria. Wow. You know, I imagine a lot of movies show Nigeria in a bad light. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But I think it's like a a fiction, you know. Yeah, it's like a fictional character because, like, they're like that's like a. Bad I mean, guy. Nigeria has a lot of. Is that where the scammers crime, are from? Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, every movie's like Nigerian activity. prince has ten thousand dollars for you. What? Isn't did that... you get an email from him too? Oh yeah. Oh. All I had to do was uh, give him my social security number. Oh. And two grand. Oh, that's it? Mm-hmm. Oh, the fees must have come down. It was 5000 when I did it. <laughs> I still haven't gotten any of that money. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. Joke's on them. I don't have $2,000. <laughs> Not anymore, you don't. I sent it to the palm oil air, palm oil fortune. You know palm oil is destroying our planet, Seth. It, oh, shit, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, God. Could you make a list of things that aren't destroying the planet, please? Like, I could get through it sooner. I was about to say kitty cats, but then I was like, shit, cats are pretty bad for the environment, too. They're cat litter. 
And if you let them outside, they kill like every bird. And everything because they're like ultimate predators. What if it turns out cats are the dominant species on Earth? You know, just pretty like so they're super good hunters, but then they also are like, hey, can I come live in your house and just sleep all day? Yeah, and you're like, sure, come live in my house, you furry little sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Any further thoughts on District 9? Well, I remember the prawns liked to eat cat food. It was like a special treat. Oh, yeah, they loved cat food. And they would eat like, like not, the cans of cat food I get are like tiny cans, and these were like full, like soup-sized cans. These are legit cat food Like, where do you even get those? South Africa. I've never seen a cat food can like that. The prop department. I would probably, that's probably for people who have like 10 cats, because. Oh. If we gave that to our cats, they'd all barf. They'd all die. From eating too much cat food. Yeah. I got the cat food-itis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for District 9. If you like the show, if you could do us a big favor, leave us a review on iTunes. It doesn't cost any money. It just takes a couple minutes. And uh, pop on there and uh, let people know how great we are. Because uh, we don't really advertise. It's all just word of mouth here at Robot Party Week. So if you throw us a review on iTunes or wherever you collect your podcasts from, uh, that'll help get the podcast in front of some more people. You can follow Deva or I on Instagram at at daybot, D-A-E underscore B-O-T, or Sethbot, S-E-T-H underscore B-O-T. Uh, you can tweet us with the hashtag RobotPW, and like us on Facebook. We are at Robot Party Week. Drop us an email, robotpartyweek at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Later.